Hey, yeah, I want to feel the love. Let's give each other hugs. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is August 19th, 2020. This is episode 233. And today, satanic ritual excuse. And you know me, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to another live streamed podcast episode where we're trying to stay not on fire. <laughs> Yeah, it's, how's it over there? A little smoky in the California area? Not exactly where I'm at, but I can see in the distance, I can see some uh, clouds you yeah. know, of smoke and stuff like that. But Smoke everywhere, man. I'm not, in, I'm not even in California anymore, and there's smoke all over the place where I'm at, too. It's Whoa. getting hard to breathe out there, folks. Yeah, that's why they wanted us to wear the masks, see the reverse... Conspiracy. My my reverse conspiracy theory is coming true. <laughs> it really has added uh, a, a, an extra special patina of apocalypticism out there. The sky's uh, covered in orange smoke everywhere. Uh, everything's on fire. I mean, it happens every year, but you know what? Doesn't make it any less smoky. Yeah, and plus, uh, with all the stores shut down, you got the. Right, boarded up yeah. streets and stuff like that. It definitely feels post-apocalyptic. Oh, man, it's happening already. Oh, I had a weird thing happen this morning. I woke up to a helicopter uh, buzzing my house, which was Ooh, really weird. They're on uh, you. I know. I know. It didn't look like a super secret black, black helicopter, but uh, it was flying super low. I mean, it must have only been about 50 feet up. 50? And... Uh, Oh, yeah, it was super, that's like, super, super low. That's like it's about to land on your roof there. Oh, yeah, I could have thrown a rock or something and hit it. Um, but it was buzzing around, and but it was kind of buzzing the whole neighborhood, doing, uh, it was kind of doing an interesting figure eight pattern, practicing its uh, banking turns and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know what he was doing. I went out there, started filming him, and he took a couple more turns and took off. So there you go, power of the of the camera um but it was a weird way to wake up maybe they were uh testing out some uh pre-drone stuff that we'll get into later in the show here they're testing out a new fancy uh, alarm clock that actually got me up this morning so that was nice <laughs> yeah there you go yeah dokie. well anything else at the top of the show here guns no let's just get into it. we got a lot to get to okay flippy update Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okie dokie. For those who don't know, fl- the Flippy update is our, uh, well, it's our update on Flippy, the disembodied robot arm uh, that is taking all of our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use it as a proxy conversation to uh, explore how robotics are sneaking their way into uh, all of our lives, bringing us deeper into the technocracy the coming technocracy today coming from finance.yahoo.com and uh, the headline is titled robots everywhere robots in the animal kingdom okay oh i think we lost basil 
I lost Basil anyway. Oh, are you there? He's frozen. He's a frozen pair of eyeballs. <laughs> of course, of course, this is going to happen. It, I don't think we've had a stream in the last, I don't know, two, three weeks where something doesn't happen. The helicopter got him. All right. So, uh, oh, he's calling me back. Let me see if I can. Uh, Hello. You were there? trying to call. I think we were trying to call each other at the Actually, same time. No, no, that's not what was happening. Oh, you're. Your Skype was calling and it was ringing my phone, but it wasn't, oh. it wasn't reappearing on the app. Oh, bummer, dude. I, I don't. All it, right. It, well, hopefully we're getting the Skype issues all ironed out here at the beginning of the show <laughs> instead of happening, hap, having happened in, uh, in the middle. But uh, shall I start this article over again? Uh, you can show yourself first unless, you know, oh, you keep the yeah, let's YouTube do that. I'll happy. Give, you, give you my camera. We can do a whole show for real here. Man, bummer. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to start over again. Welcome to another edition of Robots Everywhere, a show where we chronicle the slow but steady takeover of our future robot overlords and show how they're making their way into practically every facet of modern life. I don't know if you heard it before the, the call dropped, but this is basically Yahoo, Yahoo stealing the, the flippy update. Uh, no, we didn't hear any of it because as soon as you read the headline, it dropped. So okay, yeah. Well, that's actually written in the article. They they like our show so much they stole it for themselves. Welcome to another edition of Robots Everywhere. The article reads: a show where we chronicle the slow but steady takeover of our future robot overlords and show how they're making their way into practically every facet of modern life. Yeah, On this episode, we take a look at robots modeled after the animal kingdom, from machines that mimic the look and feel of our companion pets to the robots that are inspired by specific parts of animals. And the uh, the first little photo they show here is of a kangaroo, which fits nicely into the uh, our conversation with the Christian transhumanist uh, trying to tell me how it's okay. Uh, God's fine if I replace my legs with kangaroo legs. But the article continues, the German company Festo is a leading creator of robots that are inspired by specific parts of animals. For example, the company's bionic handling assistant is a robot arm modeled after the elephant's trunk, which gets rid of the hard uh, elbow style joints you see on most other robotic arms. This gives a far greater range of flexibility and dexterity than most other gripping robot arms. In fact, it works so Ooh, ooh. It works so well, the company also styled a robot arm that used suction cups, much like an octopus arm, to create a soft tentacle to grip objects. And the flex-shaped gripper mimics the gra uh, grabbing action of a chameleon's tongue, which can grab a huge range of objects regardless of how they're shaped. Moving into robots uh, that are designed to recreate actual animals, Sony has developed Aibo, a robotic dog that won't poop, chew on your shoes, or make a mess of the house. There's also Tombot, which is designed to act as a companion for the elderly. In fact, there's an entire range of companion animals you can now choose from, from dogs to cats to seals. 
There are also robots that are animatronic recreations of real animals. These are used in movies, TV shows, theme parks, and even as research tools in the wild. Scientists have been able to use robot gorillas, dogs, tortoises uh, to study animals in their own environment and get a close-up footage of animals in the wild. Finally, we have robots that are based on animals, but not meant to fully look like the animals they're based on, such as the famous dog-like Spot robot from Boston Dynamics which can do everything from walking downstairs to dancing to Bruno Mars. This category of animal robot also includes MIT's Cheetah Bot, an ostrich-like walker robot from Agility Robotics, and an amazing kangaroo robot from Festo. While the robotic animal kingdom isn't quite as diverse as the real animal kingdom, utilizing the looks and movements of the animal kingdom has spurred some major and exciting advances in robotics and will continue to do so into the future. So, what we have here is a movement to replace all animals with robots. Did you ever, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and uh, say that you have not played Horizon, uh, the, the game that no. came out, I think, in 2018. No, but uh, I remember you, you talking about it. Oh, yeah, it's a fun one where all the, uh, you know, the, you're kind of this cave woman and uh, with a bow and arrow and stuff and you fight robot dinosaurs and you know the way things are going on in the world today it would not surprise me if uh there's just a little friendly robot kangaroo hopping down the street living its life living its best life um but you can't eat those so that's not going to help us in the apocalypse i'm going to call out todd workhoven who's the author of this article and say that they must be listeners of Canary Cry Radio and Canary Cry News Talk because that's what I'm saying. That first line is pretty close to exactly what you say. About I know, it's like taken straight from my intro to the flippy update. Yeah, and um, catching on, man. I'm a tastemaker. For anybody who, yeah, there's a lot of people that always wonder, like, who's this guy, Basil? You know, especially if you haven't seen or listened to Canary Cry Radio or News Talk. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do have a quick clip. Um, because uh, back in this is a, a clip of ourselves, which is I know it's weird, but That's back fine. on June thirtieth, two thousand fifteen, mm-hmm. over five years ago. That's crazy to think wow. about. Yeah. On episode ninety five of Canary Cry Radio, you Basil stated this. I guess, I think I guess, this is part yeah, of what we're trying to do. Crux, well, yeah. Sorry, I have it all super fast. Let me slow it down. Real quick. <laughs> wow. I know I was trying to find it, and uh, yeah, so. Part of what we're trying to do is is sort of uh, get your idea of what these limits are. I mean, of course, changing your hair color and getting some robot abs. I'm all about that. But when it comes, oh, good, crashing to exactly what you're saying, the image of God. When we are already made in the image of God, how far is too far and what steps outside the boundaries of that? And what are the boundaries of that? And going to, and I'm, I'm really not trying to build a straw man here, but I'm, oh, I, I want to ask, I want to ask the legitimate question. What if I want kangaroo legs, like actual yeah, yeah. hairy kangaroo legs and a tail? Okay, we'll just stop it there. <laughs> uh, not quite robot kangaroo legs, but pretty close, you know, That's robots, true. transhumanism, and this idea of kangaroos. Uh, and you can go listen to that. We'll have links in the description of canarycrynewstalk.com. What but episode was that? What was that guy's name? It sounded 95. like I had a cold that episode. Yeah, you were probably in your garage freezing. Uh, 
Christian transhumanism with Reverend Dr. Benick. And he oh, yeah. is uh, Christopher Benick. He's a reverend that's kind of pro transhumanism, which is a really weird thing. So we were, we had the conversation and we were like, dude, what's your deal? <laughs> what's, what's your situation there? And you <laughs> right. know, what's crazy is he was actually featured on the daily show before, you know, got super political and yeah. they kind of made fun of him. You know, like, Oh, so you're like, you think we're going to like be, or the robots going to like be God or something. And they, they made a whole piece out of it and he was dead serious. And you know how the daily show used to be, how, you know, they'd make fun of real people and he actually got made fun of. Um, and therefore all religious people, you know, the way they do it. But anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there because again, we've having, we've been having these conversations for a long time here and, um, apparently Yahoo finance is catching up to us. (laughs) I know. I'm telling you, I think they, I think they know they've heard the compliments I've given them. They listen to the show and, uh, they're getting some good ideas. I got to say that Yahoo, if you're listening, send me an email, man. Just, uh, <laughs> send Basil your check. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we got a bunch of updates we're going to run through here. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. Welcome to Chinese Shows! Perfect. This first one comes from dailymail.co.uk. Thousands of Wuhan revelers flaunt social distancing rules as they cram into a water park at the former COVID-19 epicenter. Wow, and, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, the bullet points here. Picture shows the outdoor park packed with uh, uh, packed out by mask-free partygoers in the former coronavirus ground zero. Mask-free visitors are seen standing shoulder to shoulder in water despite the escalating COVID-19 pandemic. It comes as Hubei has offered people free entries to hundreds of scenic spots in the bid to boost local economy. Mm, excuse me. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, uh, you look at the picture and yeah, that is a swarm of people. Looks like a blast. There's all sorts of fun activities oh, here. First like a- of all, there's a huge pool. Yeah. F- literally filled shoulder to shoulder with people standing in the pool, no masks, watching some sort of show. There looks like there's a, a game where you smash ice with a hammer. There's a watermelon pool game, all sorts of fun so- stuff. But <laughs> this is pretty wild. I mean, Wuhan being the epicenter of the entire coronavirus. And, you know, you hear all the time from mask obsessed people that you know other countries china and other asian countries they wear masks all the time it's no big deal why can't we do it well what the heck nobody's wearing a mask in this giant you know there's got to be a thousand people in this pool you know one of the things that i don't know why it hasn't caught on in america and maybe it will but uh well maybe they've done stuff like this before (laughs) but whoa Mm -hmm. rona Rona cough. It's, it's getting me. <laughs> you better get checked. That's what they zapped into you from the helicopter. They rona you. Must um, be. It's all this smoke, man. I know. Uh, giant concerts in front of a pool. It makes sense, especially in like the, you know, the hot. Heat. The heat, heat yeah. of the summer. Yeah. yeah. Instead in Woodstock, they had mud, but, you know, <laughs> just something, something different. Um, but yeah, people this is. from storming the stage. That's true, yeah. But if they do storm the stage, they'll get electrocuted. That's um, a good point. There's another picture here of this guy. He's on one of those water, uh, you know, those water packs that you can kind of fl- float. 
over mm-hmm. and um he's got sparks flying yeah the I mean, jetpacks you mean the jetpacks the, the, yeah the sort of jetpack water powered jetpack thing yeah i mean th- this is uh this is pretty insane i don't know this is bad optics yeah, or good I'm optics whatever this it is article to see if they have any uh explanation to why this is okay well because it's because it's the wuhan <laughs> and it's dailymail.co.uk, so you're going to get more of a right-leaning type of response to all this. But anyway, you know, that's, uh, of course, in the West here, we're going to use this as ammunition to say that, you know, it's all nonsense, which at this point, uh, we're, we're burning up and the sun's coming down super hard and the Ronas. So, you know, good luck. Did Basil freeze again? Ooh, I think Basil froze again. All right, well, I will go on to the next uh, thing here as we try to figure out what's going on with Basil. COVID. He's, he probably doesn't even realize that he's frozen. This is medium.com. What the D614G mutation means for COVID-19 spread, fatality, treatment, and vaccine. And uh, this went around. I don't know why I was being reshared recently, but uh, oh, are you back? Nope. Totally lost him. Okay. He'll probably come back in a moment here. Um, but uh, yeah, there's another mutation. Oh, he wants me to call him. Yeah, this is really annoying. I know. Well, there we go. That's what we get for trying to do a show. Calling the... Oh, it's because we're talking about China, probably. Ah, Kangaroos in China, they don't like that. (laughs) Um, This this whole pool party thing, no mask pool party, is quite the the, uh, civil disobedience here. The the protests are taking another form over there in China. Oh, yeah, different level. Yeah, I already moved on, but uh, good point. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, Maybe maybe video of Basil's just really ticking off somebody over at YouTube. Or yeah, they're somewhere. like, I hate these googly eyes. Yeah. Well, we can't see them now. So, oh, there you are. Yeah, I'm let me, back. Let me show the, the audience here. Oh, your green screen situation is weird now, too. So, anyway, um, yeah, there's a D614G mutation that uh, allegedly mm-hmm. we're all supposed to be afraid of. So, not much to yeah. mention there. Just another uh, another scare, another, you know, wrinkle in this fear tactic going on with all of this. Of course. And uh, let's move on here because we got, I'm going to fly through a couple of these headlines because, you know, you know, Basil, we're in a race war. Race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. I almost uh, lost my cool when I saw a couple of these headlines here. First one, <laughs> Fast Company. Systemic racism is a nightmare for plant and animal diversity, too, what? says major study. A major Ooh, study. This is a one minute. Major. Yeah, it's a one-minute read, so I'll just fly through it here. A new powerhouse study in science finds that systemic inequality leads to a horror show, not just for communities of color, but for surrounding wildlife and biodiversity. (laughs) Researchers from the University of Washington looked at 170 studies to analyze how systemic racism impacts surrounding ecology. In a word, catastrophically. They found that poor urban communities of color, also low on biodiversity while high on rodents. I thought they were going to say high on something else. Disease carrying (laughs) pests and temperature. The latter is known as the quote heat island effect 
where areas with less natural water and greenery have higher temperatures, which in turn fuels the negative effects of climate change. The paper is largely a call to scientists for adoption of racial equality as a cornerstone of environmental health. That is, that is some, <laughs> that's yeah. some rabbit trail logic it's right weird. there. This is some homogeny. Oh, it's the... crazy. <laughs> Bringing together all kinds of stuff. I don't, I don't get stuff. it. I don't understand. What am I missing about this? What, how is it racist? Uh, red, what, what, what exactly is ju- going on? Just, just listen. Redlining and okay. other discriminatory housing practices lead to neighborhoods with fewer trees, plants, and animals often near dumping or industrial sites, which leads to more pollution and a downward ecological spiral ensues. Quote, I hope many of my senior colleagues would start to rethink how they do their science. And for those scientists coming up that this gives them the platform to say, no, this is a legitimate question. How do we reduce, minimize, abolish racism in America? Lead author, Christopher Shell, assistant professor of urban ecology at the university of Washington in Tacoma said in a release, he points to research that studies urban and rural environments without accounting for communities as demographics He hopes that measures like affordable housing, urban green space, and public transportation become standard environmentalist issues and that scientists will realize their power in both inadvertently supporting and in the future abolishing white supremacy. Wow. So, yeah, this is uh, is out of control. (laughs) So basically... (laughs) Racism is killing the flowers? Because of racism, uh, poor, you know, uh, suppressed race neighborhoods don't have as much plant life and therefore you're, you know, affecting climate change. So racism affecting climate change. Wow. Yeah. Serious homogeny of all the different things coming together. You thought that was bad. Oh, geez. CNN, (laughs) CNN CNN.com black newborns three times more likely to die when looked after by white doctors. Oh my God. Did you know this? No, that's crazy. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to even read the article. I tried to find the main source uh, research paper. Which what is this? I want to see the study on that. I I actually did find it, but you had to pay like 12 bucks to read it. So I'm like, I am not going to pay 12 bucks to read some ridiculous science paper. Uh, But basically, they're they're looking at uh, different doctors, uh, race. And, uh, you know, mortality rate of infants based on race and coming to a conclusion to suggest that, you know, black babies born to white doctors are more likely to die than black babies born to black doctors. But no talk about uh, the white babies on white doctors. The millions of uh, black aborted babies. Oh, yeah. Just completely uh, omit (laughs) that little detail. Wow. Unbelievable headline from CNN, which is, you know, it's expected. It's CNN, but man, that is just, that is, I mean, I don't understand how that's not racist (laughs) to suggest this right here. Yeah, Uh, that's pretty wild. So that the suggestion being that white doctors don't care about black babies as much or something something. or or actively don't take care of them. Yeah. Or, or yeah, the systemic racism causes, uh, black babies to, I don't know. I don't know. It's well, just all here's nonsense. The thing. Here's the thing. I mean, if that is true, that is a horrifying detail. I mean, of course, 
I, I, again, I got to look into it a little bit more. I mean, I don't know what I, I don't, I'm sure they're not suggesting that white doctors are like actively, you know, hurting black babies. But uh, who, I'm trying to skim the article here, seeing if there's anything specific. No. When cared for by white physicians, black newborns were about three times more likely to die in the hospital than white newborns. The researchers found, quote, strikingly, these effects appear to manifest more strongly in more complicated cases. And when hospitals deliver more black newborns, the authors wrote, the findings suggest that black physicians outperform their white colleagues when caring for black newborns. Huh. Interesting. Wow. There's the a, authors did not speculate about the reason behind the trend. Oh, good. They're not speculating. Great. But wrote, <laughs> taken with this work, it gives a warrant for hospitals and other care organizations to invest in efforts to reduce such biases and explore their connection to institutional racism. Reducing racial disparities in newborn mortality will also require raising awareness among physicians, nurses, and hospital administrators about the prevalence of racial and ethnic disparities. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at the the abstract and and sort of the, you know, the basics they have here. The article uh, research papers titled Physician-Patient Racial Concordance and Disparities in Birthing Mortality for Newborns. And yeah, they, they basically suggest what the CNN God, headline send, says there. Uh, I can't, let me try to read this name, but in the chat, go Dr. Day or God RDC. Oh God. Go Dr. DC. Something like that it says, wow, I'm a doctor black. Such a lie. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. There you go. Okay. Well, wow. Yeah, that is quite the update. I don't know. I'm going to keep my eye open for something more about that. That'd be interesting to know exactly because that's the problem in this article. They don't give any reason and they don't give, they don't give the actual info. They just say, Oh, looks like more black babies die when there's a white doctor caring for them. We don't know why we don't know what's happening, but it's racism. <laughs> Racist. Okay. The other thing, wow. fires apparently are racist too. Actually, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just um, burn it all. Just burn it all, and um, I'm, I have this little time lapse footage, which happens to be 33 seconds long here. Oh, classic. Yeah, of uh, it's a video. Uh, they they call it lightning complex, and basically, uh, it's the fire uh, coming out of the South Bay area, and you see how it's. Just a huge flame, cloud of smoke. Um, pretty, pretty wild, all the fires going on. And of course, again, like you mentioned at the top here, we always have fires every year in California. And every right. year it's kind of weird. Like there's certain spots that are like, really? Why is half, like exactly half the car singed? Or, you know, there's always weird stuff going right. on. Right. Uh, yep. But um, yeah, this year, election year, I'm sure they turned up the heat of those directed energy laser beams <laughs> yeah, from apparently the firmament firmament uh ships but anyway let's uh let's get to the main 
stuff here because we still have a lot to get to here. So sounds good. Let's start out with, uh, wow. So this one was a, uh, uh, an article sent to me on uh, the Facebook Canary Cry community. And I want to thank D for sending that over and uh, hit me with that jingle. He's a Satanist from one of the Satanist churches here where they sacrifice babies. And what do they do with those babies? And melt those babies into candles. Satanists. So horrible. You know, the horrible people. This is this is an interesting thing. So from if you're talking to normies, uh, you know, especially ones who are, are pro-choice, uh, self-descript, self-identify as pro-choice here, you can bring up like, hey, this <laughs> you know, abortion reading, thing reading, really reading has some like satanic uh you know things going on and of course you know i'm not not even getting into the satanic ritual abuse and the uh, you know the history of human sacrifice and babies being used for that but you if you bring up in a regular conversation you know abortion connected with satanism at all you, you know you'll they'll just look at you like a nutcase but here you go this is uh, this will dispel uh, this is a good little article to have in your quiver when you're having these conversations and again remember you can go to canarycrynewstalk.com get all the show notes get all the links to the articles if nothing else just save them archive them because uh, uh, a lot of these things are going to be good to have around when you're having conversations this is straight up from announcement.thesatanictemple.com okay so we're getting this straight from the source here and uh this isn't an article, it's a full web page, but the headline of the web page is Satanic Abortions Are Protected by Religious Liberty Laws. In accordance with the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, uh, first trimester abortions are now exempt from unnecessary regulations for all individuals practicing the Satanic Temple's religious abortion ritual. Yikes. Um, And then we'll go down. What is the satanic abortion ritual? The satanic abortion ritual provides spiritual comfort and affirms bodily autonomy, self-worth and freedom from coercive forces with the affirmation of uh, TST, the Satanic Temple's seven tenets. The ritual is not intended to convince a person to have an abortion. Instead, it sanctifies the abortion process by instilling confidence and protecting bodily rights when undergoing the safe and scientific procedure. What protections does the Satanic abortion ritual provide? Religious freedom ensures Satanists have access to safe abortions that are free from unwarranted state interference examples of requirements that cannot be enforced on satanists are so in this uh, whole back and forth from the pro-life or or pro-choice uh you know conversation there's come out to be you know a, a couple of points uh if you're trying to give if someone's trying to get an abortion there's a couple little things that are required uh before you do so and that's uh including mandatory waiting periods the requirement that the practitioners withhold certain medical information not sure exactly what that is compulsory counseling prior to the abortion required reading materials medically unnecessary sonograms mandatory listening to the fate the 
fetal heartbeat, compulsory burial or cremation of fetal remains, which is a disturbing one being, you know, you, you gotta, you know, uh, bury the little human or cremate or something, do something with the remains. Um, but with this, uh, these, the ritual, the satanic ritual, religious freedoms, you know, you can just sell it to Planned Parenthood or <laughs> let's Planned Parenthood sell it for you for scientific purposes or whatever. Uh, next headline is how does one perform the satanic abortion ritual? Now, this will I'm going to mention this before and then we can go into it a little bit after um, where, you know, one of the big things about Satanism. Uh, and this, I've been taught this my whole life in the church is that it's not even necessarily all about worshiping Satan, the entity, uh, you know, as a God or as a deity. Right. Um, that's, that's, you know, theistic Satanism. There's like a right. nuance Satanism, there. Satanism is more of the worship of self right. rather than it is, uh, the being Satan. So, here we go. How does one perform the satanic abortion ritual for surgical abortions prior to receiving any anesthetic or sedation? Look at your reflection to be reminded of your personhood and your responsibility to yourself. Focus on your intent. Take deep breaths and make yourself comfortable. When you are ready, say the third tenant and fifth tenant aloud. You may now undergo the surgery after the surgery is completed. Completed and any aesthetic uh, anesthetic has worn off, return to your reflection and recite your personal affirmation. Feel doubts dissipating and your confidence growing as you have just undertaken a decision that affirms your autonomy and free will. The religious abortion ritual is now complete. Oh my gosh. Yikes. Then it. I know it's really there's really not even much more to say about this, but we'll get into it in a second. The next one is for medical abortions. So there's surgical abortions and there's medical abortions immediately before taking the medication to terminate your pregnancy. Look at your reflection to be reminded of your personhood and responsibility to yourself. Focus on your intent. Take deep breaths and make yourself comfortable. When ready, read the third tenet aloud to begin the ritual. After swallowing the medications, take another deep breath and recite the fifth tenet. After you have passed the embryo, return to your... Oh my gosh. After you have passed the embryo, return to your reflection and recite the personal affirmation. Feel doubts dissipating and your confidence growing as you have just undertaken a decision that affirms your... Ah, man. I don't know what's going on. Oh, you still there? No? Nope, nope, we lost him. Okay, let me uh, mute him. He was reading the end of this little affirmation thing, which basically completes the religious uh, abortion ritual. And um, so it, it mentions here what the tenants are. It was, it was talking about tenant three and tenant five. Uh, I'll just mention it here as a quote. Tenet three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. And tenet five, beliefs should conform. Oh, you there? Nope, not there. Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Oh, my goodness. 
This is really, really annoying. I know, this is crazy. Bad day for the connections. So did you read the tenets yet? I, I did. I was reading the personal okay. affirmation as the last one here. My body, my blood, by my will, it is done. Oh my gosh. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy here. Yeah, this is pretty dark. And then it continues. How is the satanic abortion ritual legally protected as a federally recognized religion? The satanic temple utilizes RFRA, which is the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and the Hobby Lobby precedent to protect its members from unnecessary abortion regulations that inhibit their religious practices and force them to to violate their deeply held beliefs. Um, and then it goes into the laws uh, and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should go through it. But the first, nah, yeah, you get it. You show it on, on camera there. But, uh, you know, mentioning the First Amendment, the First Amendment's Establishment Clause and Free Exercise Clause in several state religions, Freedom Restoration Act uh, protects religious practices and beliefs from government interference. State laws, this is the law, state laws governing abortions commonly serve no medical purpose and do not result in better health outcomes. Therefore, they unlawfully hinder access to the satanic abortion ritual. Next steps, we have no plans or intent to sue a clinic for not respecting our rights unless they defy a court order demanding that they honor our exemption request, etc., etc. Um, yeah, so there you go. Then there's a whole frequently asked questions uh, area there, but I think we've heard enough. Um, oh, let me give you my video here. There we go. Uh, yeah, so pretty wild. And again, going back to the the f fact of the matter, which is, you know, the deep misunderstanding by even a lot of Christians, but also uh, just the general public, that Satanism is not necessarily the worship of Satan himself, but the worship of self and uh, turning this into an actual sanctioned abortion religious ritual uh, being their way to to, you know, take away a lot of the friction um, that's a a woman looking for an abortion would have um, stepping past a lot of those other little interstitial uh, steps and requirements. Oh man, it is just uh, pretty brutal. What do you think? Well, there's a little section here at the bottom that says, why does the satanic temple support reproductive rights? And it says mm -hmm. the mission of the satanic temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy which is kind of like, all right, what's benevolent and empathetic about killing babies? Reject right. tyrannical authority. All right, okay. Advocate practical common sense. Ironically, there's not much common sense to murdering babies, and especially in this ritualistic manner. Oppose injustice, except for those of uh, the 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 you know the not born or the sure. not, not born yet, and undertake noble pursuits, which allegedly. Uh, abortion in this ritualistic manner is a noble pursuit. And then there's a little thing that says thyself is thy master. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, and that's the big draw to the satanic temple today is that, 
you know, yeah, you're not necessarily worshiping Satan. You're you're worshiping yourself. And, right. you know, this this expresses itself in so many ways throughout society in general. Um, but now you have an actual, you know, federally recognized religion, uh, which you get to take advantage of those uh, religious laws, which is, uh, you know, a stated purpose of the satanic temple. You know, they have a they have a big problem with uh, federally recognized religions and religious rights and things like that. Um, and so, you know, they sort of try to use the system to to either protest or show what they think is uh unacceptable or ridiculous about religious protections and so yeah there you go so i mean it's not even a conspiracy theory uh it's not even a a weird fringy belief that uh about satanic abortion rituals it's actually stated right here on the website uh you know giving people that uh um you know, federally protected ritual uh, to get their abortion and continue to worship the self and, uh, you know, your your personal will above all other uh, factors in the situation. Yeah. And it's really interesting, too, because throughout this document website, whatever, uh, they have the uh, pentagram, five pointed star. And they have, you know, like the horns, like the Baphomet type of horns there. And they have the female reproductive yeah, the, uh, parts kind of overlaid as a, as a right. sort of symbolic, you know, satanic thing there. It's, I don't know, man. This whole thing is very creepy. I, I'm, I'm looking at the links and stuff and I'm like, this has got to be some kind of joke, but apparently not. Apparently it really does come straight from announcement.thesatanictemple.com. And uh, of course, you don't have to go too far into the Bible to to notice that God's not really into, you know, baby killing. I mean, killing there are babies. some <laughs> there are some stuff about you know the firstborn and things, but um, but in general, you look at Leviticus eighteen twenty one, talking about you know not offering your children to Molech, uh, yeah. Deuteronomy eighteen ten, talking about not uh, putting your sons or daughters through fire using divination stuff like that, and. I would say all of this falls under that category. So yeah, uh, it, and, yeah and very of course, sad. Yeah, it really is. I don't even really know what else to say. Like part of me wants to get angry on the show and go on a tirade, but there's really not much more to say than they already say. And then of course, all over the, uh, all over the webpage, there's buttons for support reproductive rights, enter raffle to support reproductive <laughs> rights. Oh my gosh. Enter the raffle on the satanic, uh, abortion ritual website. What do you win? Uh, do you win like a free abortion or something? What's that's the- a great question. Then another support reproductive rights. And of course it's all under the, the uh you know the category of reproductive rights rather than the more sinister aspects of uh you know abortion and satanic rituals in general um yeah when you enter the raffle here what's the prize for the raffle support (laughs) tst's battle to protect reproductive rights we're raising a hundred thousand dollars to mobilize legal operations in order to protect religious abortions from unwarranted government interference donate the minimum specified amount uh, for the levels and of course the automatic level is 66 dollars one-time donation 
There's a $666 donation. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. It's grand prize. One person, minimum donation, $200. When, oh, my gosh. The grand prize is win a free abortion. Oh, my god. The gosh. Satanic Temple will cover the medical expenses for your pregnancy termination up to $2,500. This prize is transferable. Oh, so you can, <laughs> you can pass give a on. free abortion away. Oh, great. Oh, my gosh. And oh, then so uh, second place in the raffle is win a meet and greet on Zoom with the Satanic Temple's co-founder, Lucian Greaves. Third place, win a signed Baphomet sketch by Lucian Greaves. Fourth place, win a Satanic Temple t-shirt. Oh, fun. Uh, fifth place, win a religious abortion kit consisting of a TST compact mirror and a ritual instruction sheet. Uh, sixth place, win a thyself is thy master bracelet. Seventh place, win a thyself is thy master bracelet. Okay. So fifth and sixth place, or wow. sorry, sixth and seventh, you get your bracelet there. Spread the word. Oh my gosh. So there you go, man. Wow. This is wild. Yeah. You know, we, we went through some of the, the examples of requirements that cannot be enforced on Satanists. And it's interesting because all of them, all of them might, you know, give the person deciding to claim that they're masters of their own universe or whatever, that uh, what they're doing is actually killing a child, you know, right. stuff like compulsory counseling. Okay. That's one thing. Uh, uh, the two that I thought were interesting, mandatory listening to the fetal heartbeat. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you can't force a Satanist to listen to the heartbeat of the baby inside your body because <laughs> right. you might change your mind about, you know, this f wonderful thing you're doing for yourself or the compulsory burial or cremation of fetal remains. Because, of course, you're not killing a human. You're practicing your rights as a Satanist. Right. And, of so, course, it's all referred to as, uh, you know, a fetus or an embryo. Because you have to do that. Because if you don't refer to it as a fetus or an embryo, then you're forced to say baby. And right. nobody wants to do that. So you have to <laughs> play mental gymnastics with yourself just to justify it. I mean, th this, honestly, this link, and again, we'll have the link in the, the description of canarycrynewstalk.com. And, um, and, but, but this link is definitely something you can share with any of your Libjo friends or whatever who are like, you know, pro choice, you know, people have the right to do it and just be like, hey, Satanists think the same thing and they're using the same logic. And so, uh, uh, you know, but you know, that, the, the thing that's sad is they're going to embrace that too. They'll be like, well, Satanists want to do it. Great. They're being logical, you know? Right. It's yeah. Just like uh, Margaret Sanger. We should invite fewer people to be born. And that's what this is about. Goodness gracious. Uh, All right. Well, there you go. There, there, <laughs> there you go. This is a, an intro. I would be interested. I'm going to share this with some normies friends of mine and see what they think about it. Yeah. Give us uh, as all of you out there, producers out there. Uh, if you want to do something, uh, you know, contribute content to the show, share this with your pro choice friends and family and see what they think and report mm -hmm. back to us. Um, you know, even if the children are born, you know, some of the arguments I've always heard from pro-choice people are like, why would you bring a child into the world if you can't take care of them? And, you know, you're going to bring him into an abusive family situation. 
Sure. Uh, you know, Lord forbid that their parents are QN on followers. Cue the miserable, cue the desperate. What must I do to convince you people? You're okay. right, Q. Before you go into this, uh, we just do want to make a comment. This is going to be disparaging to QAnon people. This is not us trying to disparage QAnon people. This is an article because we keep, uh, you know, we want to keep an eye on what's going on. We're not claiming that all Q people are, you know, related to this article. This is just what's floating around out there. And it's important for you to, for even if you are a Q person, which that's totally fine. You know, like I said, I'm happy Q uh, exists. Um, But there you go. So just before yeah. people are triggered and think that we're Q bashing. Uh, more basil freezing seems to be a theme of this show here. Uh, as I try to get him back, um, I'm going to go ahead and read this article. And again, this is a Daily Beast article, so obviously it's going to be slanted in a particular direction. Uh, headline, QAnon promotes pedo ring conspiracy theories. Now they're stealing kids. Wow. Okay, so let's see what they say here. QAnon conspiracy theorist Al Palace Sliman pushed his Honda Odyssey past 110 miles per hour while his five children screamed in the back of the minivan and police officers from two states pursued him down the highway. Quote, Donald Trump, I need a miracle or something, Sliman, a 29-year-old Boston man, said during his June 11th chase across Massachusetts and New Hampshire in remarks captured on a live stream. Uh, Why does he always want me to call him? That's weird. This is getting annoying, huh? I know. I'm just not going to mention it. We're just going to keep moving. Okay. Um, Q Anon, help me. Q Anon, help me. It's not clear what set off the police chase, but Sliman appears to have been convinced by QAnon theories that the government was out to kidnap his children, which is interesting because, uh, anyway, let's keep going. Inspired by the, by videos he had watched online, Sliman warned his children during the chase that the police were coming to, uh, to abduct them or maybe just shoot them in a staged killing. In return, they begged him to pull over. His daughter even tried to grab the wheel of the minivan and drive it off the road after he accused her and his wife, who had dived out of the vehicle at the start of the chase, of being agents of the nefarious cabal that QAnon believers <coughs> say controls the world. Quote, they want to make us crazy, Sliman said, but I'm not crazy. My wife and my daughter were a part of it. Desperate, Sliman's daughter told her father she was working for the mythical cabal in a failed attempt to scare him into stopping the minivan. Then Sliman told his children, who ranged from 8 months to 13 years old, about the QAnon belief that a video of Hillary Clinton and uh, aide Huma Abedin eating children's brains was discovered on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Days earlier, Sliman had watched a video pushing exactly that claim on a YouTube channel operated by Timothy Charles Holmseth, a QAnon promoter who claims to work for a secretive government agency called the Pentagon Pedophile Task Force. There is no pedophile or Pentagon Pedophile Task Force, but there is a middle of uh, but there in the middle of the high-speed chase, Sliman spouted that baseless claim to his children anyway. Hillary's demonic, Sliman said. I know about Hil- Hillary cutting open a 10-year-old and Huma Abedin. 
New Hampshire police blew out Sliman's tires, but he kept going. The chase only ended when Sliman crashed into a police cruiser, then drove his minivan into a tree. Sliman was arrested and now faces three felony counts in New Hampshire. His five children were, uh, were unharmed. Thank God. At first glance, Sliman appears to be just the latest loony loner allegedly drive, uh, driven to crime by QAnon, a list that already includes an armed man who blocked a bridge near the Hoover Dam with an armored truck in a terrorist uh, incident and two alleged murderers. But the video of Sliman viewed before his police chase came from a more specific organized campaign. In short, QAnon has upped its game. No mm. longer content to promulgate nutjob conspiracy theories about famous politicians and government officials who kill and eat children, a group of QAnon believers are now actively encouraging parents estranged from their children to steal those children back from child protective services, and the campaign is alarmingly successful. Police and court records have lately revealed a previously unreported clandestine network comp uh, comprising QAnon conspiracy theorists, fringe legal figures who draw on far-right sovereign citizen dogma and tactics, and even Republican politicians and officials. This network has allegedly encouraged the inspired... Uh, uh, encouraged and inspired other QAnon believers, especially parents, to commit crimes, including kidnapping. While QAnon uh, violence and other criminal acts have previously appeared to be the work of random lone wolf actors, this network suggests that QAnon lawbreaking has now moved into a new, more sophisticated phase. Uh, heretofore, QAnon believers have positioned themselves as the defenders of children everywhere against a phantom cabal. Really? A phantom cabal, eh? But this QAnon organization, which aligns itself with a shadowy group called the Children's Crusade and a bizarre legal service company called ECLAWS, increasingly places children themselves at risk, often by targeting parents who have lost custody of their children or fear they will. QAnon launched in 2017 with a series of anonymous message board uh, clues from an anonymous figure called Q. Claim that Donald Trump is secretly at war with the cabal of Democrat Party pedophiles and cannibals. Since then, QAnon has swelled in size and influence. The movement, once considered too ridiculous even for most 4chan users to stomach, has become an increasingly large faction within the Republican Party. Uh, Donald Trump frequently retweets QAnon believers and has even invited some to the White House. QAnon believers have won several Repub Republican congressional nominations in this election cycle, most notably uh, Majori or Majori, I always forget what, how to pronounce that, Taylor Greene, who is almost certain to win a House seat in the conservative Georgia district. But even as it edges into the mainstream, QAnon has allegedly inspired a series of violent crimes, including the murder of a reputed mafia boss. Uh, the FBI calls QAnon a potential source of domestic terrorism. Uh, we covered that in the last episode. It is hard to say what precisely QAnon believes or stands for. In its nearly three years of existence, it has become a noisy clubhouse willing to entertain every harebrained alt-right conspiracy theory imaginable. Lizard people are running the world. John F. Kennedy Jr. faked his death to become Q. But one of QAnon's most explosive and successful allegations has been that Hollywood celebrities and top Democrats sexually abuse and torture children often to drain adrenochrome, a substance QAnon believers claim keeps the powerful alive. An echo of the Pizzagate conspiracy theory, which inspired a shooting and attempt to arson attack at a Washington pizzeria, 
The claim has gotten considerable, considerable, bleh, considerable traction. Earlier this month, hundreds of people walked in the Los Angeles rally to save the children, a usefully vague slogan that QAnon believers have adopted uh, as a more respectable way to inject their ideas about global pedophile cults into the mainstream. No one has seized on these vaporous conspiracy theories about government and elite sex trafficking more than the set fringe activists and legal cranks orbiting around Timothy Charles Holmseth, a 52-year-old Minnesota YouTube personality Al Pellis Sliman watched just days before he piled his family into the minivan. Holmseth is a self-proclaimed face of the Pentagon Pedophile Task Force, a government group, according to Holmseth, uh, that is sanctioned by the president. Quote, Timothy Holmseth is the only reporter authorized to report original content for the PPTF, he writes on his website. There is one man between Timothy Holmseth and President Trump. The Defense Department spokesperson confirmed to the Daily Beast that there is no such thing as the Pentagon Pedophile Task Force. Still, Holmseth's profile grew this spring when he became the leading source uh, source for viral claims that tens of thousands of abused mole children had been rescued from underground prisons underneath New York City. Even as the claims circulated on social media, none of the supposed mole children or uh, their parents ever appeared. There is not one of them out there who said, yeah, we're glad our child is rescued from this giant underground war, said Craig Sawyer, a former Navy SEAL and anti-sex trafficking activist who has also been targeted by Holmseth with baseless sex trafficking allegations. Uh, uh, Craig Sawyer, by the way, made that film. Oh, gosh, I totally we promoted it, or at least I mentioned it uh, in a previous uh, episode. Um, I'm totally forgetting the name of it, but basically he. He's actually out there catching people who, you know, try to solicit underage uh, sex partners. Holmseth, mm -hmm. who drives a car with Q written on the windows, has kept up his video and writing output, even though he's currently a fugitive himself, wanted on an arrest warrant for violating a restraining order. He continues to make his slanderous video uploads, often shot within his car. Uh, critics have accused him of relying on free Wi-Fi networks and fast food restaurant parking lots as he stays off law enforcement radar. Uh, he's on a Wi-Fi at McDonald's telling people to donate to the Pentagon Pedophile Task Force, said Miko Hayes, an independent journalist who has tracked Holmseth's activities. While on the run, Holmseth's, uh, Holmseth recorded a video urging his fans to shoot Child Protective Services staffers who come to their homes. If somebody comes for your children, you've got a Second Amendment Use it, Holmseth said in a video. One of Holmseth's principal allies is Field McConnell, a 70-year-old Navy pilot, who has become a leading promoter of the QAnon idea that CPS agents are stealing children. McConnell, a Wisconsin man prone to wearing baseball caps and loudly munching on snacks during his live streams, geez, hardly looks like the face of a far-right conspiracy theory movement, but he sits at the center of a web of QAnon believers in the United States, Canada, and United Kingdom, several of whom have been charged with crimes. Uh, after leaving the Navy, McConnell worked as a commercial airline pilot. He retired from Northwest Airlines after refusing to take a mandatory neurological exam to keep his job while alleging that Boeing had rigged planes to explode in 9-11-style attacks, according to court records. Thanks to the claim, which McConnell pressed in a series of lawsuits, he soon built a uh, following on the far-right Patriot circuit as a 9-11 conspiracy theorist under the handle Able Danger, a reference to the Able Danger intelligence community effort to uncover Al-Qaeda 
uh, cells before the 9-11 attack. As Q Anon fueled by phantom allegations of ch- uh, child sexual abuse and trafficking, however, McConnell pivoted to promoting QAnon in panic about government sex trafficking networks. Quote, if he was ever a seasonal professional, he's losing his darn mind now, said Sawyer. In lengthy rambling videos filmed in front of a backdrop of Bible verses, McConnell and his associates began to lay out QAnon theories, uh, proffering lunatic legal schemes to mothers who had lost custody of their children and threatening specific individuals with violence. The videos soon became a hit with fringe conspiracy theorists. McConnell and his allies also urged viewers to donate to their various causes and legal fights as he talked about his dream of a McConnell Veterans Ranch, a bizarre plan where military veterans and rescued victims of child sex abuse would live at a Texas ranch under McConnell's guidance. Oh, this article just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, it's actually super, super long. I don't think we are going to finish it or that we even should because it it turns. Yeah, it turns from the telling the story of, uh, uh, you know, this guy who really went on a, you know, had a bad day. Al Palace Sliman right. there. Uh, and he's 29 years old. It was crazy. Very young guy. Um, and had, what was it? Five 13 kids. 13-year-old. 13-year-old. Yeah, five kids and he's 29 years old. He started early. Uh, yeah, impressive. So... Yeah, so there you go. And the rest of the article is just a big old breakdown about, you know, how Q and anybody who believes or supports in Q are, you know, evil people trying to take down the the whole country in one way or another. But it's interesting. um, This is on, I think this is on par with the Comet Ping Pong guy as far as how it's being played to the public. And then, of course, you know, uh, uh, making a lot of generalizations about Q, people who believe in Q, uh, Pizzagate uh, believer. I don't even know what the right word is, but people who are aware of uh, the Pizzagate category. You know, it's all wrapped up into crazy Q conspiracy theorists, um, which is, you know, one more step in this whole thing about if you don't believe the official story, that must mean you're a Q head, which must mean, uh, you know, that you're a crazy person who's going to shoot up a pizza restaurant or, you know, go on this sort of high speed chase with your kids in the car. Um, And, you know, when you connect this to, of course, CPS has been a, you know, pretty regularly hated uh, organization for taking people's kids away. And certainly there are, you know, situations where kids, you know, are not in a best position with their parents. I don't think that's the majority, but I mean, yeah, if you've got, you know, a couple of uh, meth addicted parents who are not taking care of their child and the child, you know, is left in squalor and, you know, you got a three-year-old left to fend for themselves while they're, you know, their parents are off getting high. And certainly that kids need, that kid needs help. But the worrisome part about it and where the real uh, criticism of the CPS system gets involved is when kids are getting taken away for, you know, reasons that are, not uh, equal to parents, you know, being uh, some sort of drug addict or something. There's lots of 
uh, reports of CPS taking kids away when there was almost no legal reason to do so. Then you match that with the CPS people in Arizona who were wearing t-shirts that said professional kidnapper, you know, all this kind of stuff. It makes sense where, you know, somebody, their first instinct is going to be to protect your child. Um, and again, if you truly believe that the government you know, it's trying to take your kids away. Of course, you're going to do something to protect them. Now, yeah. I don't think it was a good move for this, for his daughter to. Well, <laughs> she's, here, his, she's 13 you, trying to yeah, do something to stop to, the car, trying to stop exactly. dad from going right. too crazy. But right. But yeah, she played into it, you know, agreeing that she was working for the government. And uh, so was her mother, which. You know, that's is a great way to uh, get, keep somebody on their uh, their mission to rescue their kids. But yeah, no, this is very interesting. And the, the generalizations going into it, the more demonization of people who don't believe the official story, uh, along with the you know FBI categorization of possible domestic terrorism, uh, this is not a good situation. No, and uh, I remember the name of the person, Nancy Schaefer. She was the one that was exposing the Child Protective Services actually, you know, uh, meddling with the system and trying to traffic children and stuff like that. And she was the one that was uh, found shot dead in her home along with her husband, Bruce, and it was labeled a murder-suicide, And uh, which is, you know, it's always the, the most, uh, the easiest way out in terms of uh, trying to silence certain people and, you know, maybe, maybe the CPS as a whole, you know, most people that get involved with that kind of thing usually want to do what's right for the children. Yeah. There's social workers. And that's what I was trying to say. I'm not, I mean, obviously there's some issues with CPS and tied up with, uh, you know, the child trafficking situation, yeah. Yeah. but that's, I'm not going to say that every kid needs to stay with their parents for, you know, for whatever reason, there certainly are situations where kids need to be taken out of a bad situation, but yeah. there's a lot of room for, uh, for, uh, um, what is the word I'm looking for? A lot of room for funny business going on there. Yeah. And also, uh, we reported a story a few weeks ago about a C wasn't it a CPS group that like put baby thief or whatever on their shirts, <laughs> professional kidnapper, professional yeah. kidnapper and thought it was funny. So yeah, you know, there's a lot to be criticized there in general anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. but I think when you, when you have these types of, and this whole idea here of this, uh, these, these people, they profiled, I'd never heard of these guys, this. The video of uh, these, uh, you know, pedophile task force thing. Um, I mean, th- these seem like Q adjacent type of stuff. Like it's not mm. exactly QAnon posts uh, or, or the majority of Q followers. These are people who took advantage of the movement and started their own sort of eccentric type of, uh, uh, you know, offshoots, which is a thing. It is a thing. A lot of people have taken the QAnon train and have spun off their own type of interpretations or worldviews, so to speak, and uh, you know, decoding some of the the Q posts and stuff like that. But yeah, I had never heard of these two people that they profile in this um, 
uh, in this article. And, and of course they're trying to frame it as like, see, look at these crazy Q people. And, uh, it, it, the whole thing reminds me of the Cointel pro program that they had in the fifties and sixties, which I think is still going on, uh, which was basically the FBI, uh, it was a counterintelligence program where they infiltrated certain groups that were against the United States government. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, they try to neutralize those organizations from within instead of a direct head on type of confrontation. And so they bring in people that could discredit the whole group. And, and we, you know, our thesis has been that it's going to be, you know, th- this type of thing will be used to discredit anybody. And, you know, they threw in the whole, Oh, he's reading He's you know, this other guy who had Bible verses in the background, you know, just include that little detail in the article just to make the suggestion that all these people, these religious, right, uh, crazy people are all the same. You know, they're all right. part of this wild fringe conspiracy theory situation uh, where they believe all this nonsense about child trafficking. And of course, you know, this article fails to mention anything about Epstein, which you know, sort of undermines part of their, their argument right. here. Cause it's the daily beast, you know, they're trying to uphold certain, uh, worldviews or certain aisle of the political spectrum or whatever. But, right. uh, so, you know, per usual, the path is narrow <laughs> and there's like a, there's, there's a, there's a, a middle ground where you can sort of not necessarily support Q, but then also, be sympathetic to those who are being rounded up and associated with these people that uh, looks more like a mental health issue. Again, we had talked about well, that in the right. last episode That's as well. That's exactly right. Yeah. Make sure to listen to the last episode. Cause we go, uh, there's some pieces yeah, there rant. that need to be connected. Yeah. Which is the mental health issue. First of all, there would not be this much attention on Q from the mainstream media if it wasn't for Trump. And if it wasn't an election year, yeah. I mean, there's definitely part of the issue here is that, uh, you know, Trump, has not specifically uh, condemned Q. So therefore, you know, he is a Q supporter. I'm just talking about from the mainstream view here. Of course, uh, there's some connection, uh, alleged alleged connection between Trump and Q. But from a mainstream uh, point of view, where you don't think that there's some sort of crazy conspiracy theory really going on, basically, Trump doesn't... Con- condemn Q. So you need to demonize all Q supporters, which there are millions. It's crazy how big that movement has gotten. Um, partly because, uh, you know, there's a Q for every, uh, you know, whatever flavor you're looking for, there's a Q for you. Um, but the, again, that's from another show. Uh, but it's all about homogenizing, uh, people who might vote for Trump into almost literal demons. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, of course the election has a lot to do with this and, you know, it's just more part of the divide and conquer, um, situation where you take one obviously mentally unstable person and you apply that to everyone who disagrees with the official story. And so this is very interesting. So basically we've got a, you know, Trump, the, the fascist, uh, fascist conspiracy theorist. And what do we need to get rid of him? Well, we need Biden, a notorious segregationist, and uh, and Kamala Harris, the 
top cop, you know, most corrupt uh, uh, legal entity in California. Who cares if both of those things go directly against the supposed democratic uh, worldview? At least it's not Trump. (laughs) Right. I had to uh, I had to text. Uh, a lib Joe friend of mine, he's a liberal journalist. And I, I just texted him yesterday. I'm like, dude, is please set me straight on this. Are we, are you guys really saying that a segregationist and a cop is what you guys want in the white house instead of Trump? And he's like, you know what? I know it's crazy. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe this is our option, but we just have to vote for him. I'm like, wow, man. <laughs> I do not envy your situation. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention this. Uh, they're profiling this guy, Timothy Holm, Seth, uh, the guy in the article who was uh, allegedly part of the Pentagon pedophile task force. Mm-hmm. And they said that he was, there's like a warrant for his arrest or something, right? I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's not exactly remember. in the clear. And it just makes me wonder if part of the reason why he's allowed or you know, they just haven't arrested him mm-hmm. is to, you know, maybe be this kind of disrupting infiltrator type of guy mm-hmm. uh, for the whole situation here. Because, you know, if, if the people that are really doing this kind of thing, it would be very easy to be like, especially those are in law enforcement and stuff like that yeah. to be like, Hey, uh, what, you know, we'll, we'll keep you free. You can live in your basement or whatever. We'll keep you free. We won't arrest you. If you start this YouTube channel and you spin this stuff and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and right. it, it would just be very easy to do. We'll pay you a little money and boom, there you go. And you got traction. And now you're a disinfo agent, uh, maintaining your quote unquote freedom. Right. Not having to go yeah. to jail. So I don't know, man, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here with this whole thing, but, yeah, it's unfortunate about the the family, the kids there, but it's yeah. uh, and this individual who you know kind of flew off the handle with the whole situation. But that's that's the ultimate goal. It's almost like the goal if you're going to have a disinformation campaign uh, to this degree and in kind of Cointel Pro situation, you want somebody to watch those videos and believe it and act on it. And so yeah. the mission complete for some of those people that would whether Q is real or not, those who want to discredit and label the whole you know anybody who would question authority as crazy people you know mission complete for those folks yeah there you go an effective campaign they're running there yeah um okay so there you go i don't know if there's much more to say about that and i'm looking at the timing so we should probably uh keep moving yep let's uh let's take a quick break and then we got a couple more stories to uh to go through here unless you got is that something you have here this trump tweet uh, nope, that's not mine. Oh, all right. Well, then it's break time. It's break okay. time. Okay, brothers and sisters, we're just going to take a really quick break, but do not go anywhere because after the break, we've got some uh, AI, some artificial intelligence news in the uh, military industrial complex that is a little bit worrying. And 
I mean, also kind of cool to watch. Um, so stick around for that. We've also got a, a quick little New World Order COVID update. And then, of course, our everybody's favorite, the Nephilim update at the end of the show there. But we want to take a quick second. Uh, don't go anywhere. I want to thank some of our new Twitch followers for heading over to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio and uh, following us there and watching the show live. Um, so Gons, you ready? Got your dinger ready? Yep. Yep. It's right here in my okay. hand. Okay. First of all, thank you. Be happies. Woo, be happy. Thank you very much. We've got Reeves 787. We got uh Goji. We got Tavika. We've got Elon's Musk 32. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elon's Musk. Uh, Denshi Protogen 89. J Tribe. Flanked One. That's right. And I think that's all of them for today. So thank you so much for following us over on Twitch. Really helps us out. Um, and let's see next. Gons, you want to thank some producers? Yeah, let's do it. We got a okay, good. bunch of people, yeah, not a bunch, a handful. No, short, short list today, but that's okay. It makes the break shorter uh, and we get to fit the show into the allotted time. So here's the thing, folks. If this is your first time, let me tell you what's going down. Uh, we run on the value for value model, which means we make the show. We do it a few times a week. Uh, we like to think we do a pretty good job. And if you find value in what we do, any value at all, you are presented with the opportunity to put some value back into the show. Nice little circular thing here. We put out some value. If you uh, gain value from it, then uh, you can help us keep going. And you're not just a donor when this is the case. You are a producer because this is the real world. When you help pay for media to be created, you are a producer of that media. Um, we don't believe in advertising, as you may have noticed, because we believe advertising and the treating of uh you, dear listener, as a commodity to turn around and sell to an advertising company is uh, just a bad, it doesn't feel good. I don't like thinking of you guys as, you know, cattle that I need to turn around and sell. Um, so we go by the value for value model. And today we've got uh, some, uh, one producer over on patreon.com slash CCNT, which is a great way to become a producer of the show. Patreon patreon.com slash ccnt and we'll drop these links in the uh chat there for you if anybody's interested um and we got a uh, new producer jumping on the 33 train so that's very nice thank you for that and this is uh tricorp tucker thank you very much tricorp tucker 33 years forwards right. <laughs> whoa um, next, we've got uh, we've got another Patreon account over at patreon.com slash canarycryradio, another place you can become a producer of the show. Uh, did we do this person last time? I don't think so. I think this was... I don't think so either. Okay, so we've got a new producer named Corey. Thank you very much, Corey, for the support. We can only keep doing the show if you guys keep producing the show. That's how this works. It's a team effort. This is not just us, you know, 
uh, wasting some afternoons just for nothing. This is a team effort between the producers and us, and uh, we thank our producers very, very much. Um, next, here's the thing. A lot of people don't like Patreon. That's okay. There's there's some reasons not to like Patreon. So we have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. And over there, we've got uh, some other options to help pe- help you become a producer of the show. We've got PayPal options that you can sign up on a monthly basis. Or if uh, commitment is just not your thing, you can uh, give in a one-time amount of any amount you like. There's also some cryptocurrency options for our cool techie kids. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Fun ways to become a producer of the show. Gons, did anybody come in over there at CanaryCryRadio.com? support yes and this thing is starting to trend uh even more here this whole 33 dollars thing and <laughs> it's, it's out of control the 33 dollar so <laughs> donations yes and uh but yeah but, uh, we're grateful we're thankful for them uh cynthia coming in with 33 dollars thanks cynthia yeah okay and, was uh, that the only one there that's the only one from uh yeah okay the paypal producers and uh, there are other ways to help support the show. You can send in jingles. You can send in music. Uh, we did have somebody send in a song, but uh, I think there was something that they did a few years ago. So, uh, you know, what we're trying, what we're looking for is something along the lines of uh, what you hear at the very end of the show, which is a, uh, a show specific song or yeah, sound jingle. We've got some very talented producers, uh, some very talented musicians who listen to the show and want to contribute. Um, and a lot of times they have a, a big library of music that they've made over the years. And that's totally cool. Um, but uh, what we're looking for for music to play at the end of the show, you know, if you got an old song, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a sort of like, a, I don't know, electronic music. Maybe you're in a band or something. Um, what we're looking for is something that relates to the show. So if you got, you know, some old electronic music that you want to send in, a really great song that was sent in. Um, but try maybe picking some uh, clips out of the show or you know messing with our voices sticking it in there something something that's canary cry specific is what we're looking there for um so and it just makes it fun you know you get to cut take some clips throw it in there you know do some fun stuff right uh the other way to support the show uh, as a producer is to send in Mm -hmm. art one art please (laughs) yes and we have a couple pieces to present uh, the first one, our prolific artist, Ali, has sent in yes. The Wives Files, which oh, is Basil's Wives. Continues to be completely out of control, but Ali, very talented uh, young listener and artist. Yes, so we've got uh, sitting at a table, we've got Basil's baby mama. We've got Basil's real wife and Basil's true love. I'm not even sure these are all different people in real life, but they are represented. uh, And they've got little armbands with their numbers, one, two, and three. And there's a cat 
uh, sitting Monty the I cat think, sitting yeah. on the table, yeah, wearing his uh, his VR uh, with a box next to him says the wives files, and uh, the kitty is saying number two, please pay attention. So the the cats are uh, are giving job interviews. It looks like I like the, the, there's a cat on the right of the image that's holding a pencil. That's my favorite yes. cat in the drawing. So <laughs> yes, thank you, Ali. Don't know what he's writing on, but it's very impressive that he's got a pencil <laughs> yes. in his hand. So Smart thank cats. you, Ali. That's Gazelin Bonds in the chat for everybody watching live. And uh, She's this is going to hit. Too. This is going to hit a level where I might need to tamp this down. <laughs> <laughs> this this whole thing it's just fun. it's fun it's a fun time right now but if this gets out of control there might need to be some drastic actions um but thank you very much ali very talented yes, as always thank you ali and uh we also have another piece of art this one's uh, not just a drawing this is physical mm. art this one's from barbara it's Ooh. the basil bot and the basil it is, bot yeah it's a picture of a little bot with googly eyes, and in the background is uh, the show uh, oh, on yeah. the computer screen. So that's great. Yeah. yeah, it's like made out of Legos. They made Legos a basil or, bot out of Legos. Is it Legos? I don't know. Yeah, or yeah. Maybe it is. Legos or some Legos? No, that's definitely Legos. I recognize okay. that. Oh yeah, yeah. Anywhere. Okay, the big giant blue piece on the bottom, and uh, little little hands, little flipping yeah. hands, little antenna on top. Very cute. I so, like that a lot. Who made yeah. that one? That was by Barbara. Barbara. Great job. Great yes. job, Barb. Yes. So thank you for the, the art pieces there. We, we love it. And thank you to uh, all the producers for the art and jingles. We also want to thank That Night Wind for giving us timestamps on the YouTube channel. You know what? There was one more person. I totally forgot to take down my notes. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll thank you in the maybe another episode. Uh, but there was mm -hmm. another person that gave timestamps for the last Canary Cry News talk on the Face Like This on mm. YouTube channel. So thank That's you for great. all those people doing that. That really is helpful. And I try to pin those comments in the comment section of the YouTube channel so that you can skip to whatever story you want to get to and not yeah. have to listen to all the banter. Yeah, and that's uh, that's actually super helpful because we cover a lot of topics in the show, and if somebody's sharing the video or just stumbling upon it, uh, being able to look at those timestamps and, and skip around to whatever topic you want is very helpful for the show. So thank you, That Night Wind, and uh, whoever that other person is, we will give you a shout out next show. Yes, and I think that's it for the producer section. We, we're pretty short on time, so we got to get through. A couple yeah, of these yeah. Stories. We'll, we'll zoom through a couple more. I think it's time to wake up, Gons. It is time to come on, come on, soundboard. No, it's giving me the wheel, the wheel oh, no. of death. Oh, here we go. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Okay, time to wake up, folks. This was a fun one, and uh, somebody sent me this on Facebook, and I apologize. I meant to uh, uh, give you a shout out on the show, and for some reason. Your name is not here. So send me a little message. I'll give you a shout out next time. Um, but this is at mindmatters.ai, uh, Mind Matters News. Um, and the article is titled DARPA has scheduled AI versus AI aerial dogfights for next week. Drone strikes got, have saved lives. Can we shoot them down if over our property? Drones. Yeah, they gave up on the 
the drones over my property. Now it's just stunt <laughs> just helicopters. helicopters. Yeah. Um, Okay, a round-robin tournament will select the AI that faces off against a human pilot on Thursday. Forbes reports a simulated aerial dogfight will be held next week, and we can watch it live. The action will kick off Tuesday with AI versus AI dogfights featuring eight teams that developed algorithms to control simulated F-16s, leading to a round-robin tournament that will select one to face off against a human pilot thursday between 1 30 and 3 30 p.m edt that's tomorrow you can register to watch the action online darpa adds that a multi-view format will afford viewers comprehensive perspectives of the dogfights in real time and feature experts and guests from the control zone akin to a tv sports commentary desk with remarks from officials, including USAF, uh, US Air Force Colonel Daniel Animal Yavorzek, head of the ACE Jeff program. Orsak. What? I think it's Jeff Orsak. Jeff Orsak. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Head of the ACE program recaps of previous rounds of the trials scores and live commentary it'll just be like, it'll be just like sunday night football but on thursday afternoon uh registration is now closed for non-us citizens the deadline for u.s citizens is 4 p.m est oh two days ago we can't watch it one goal of the contest which will take place in a simulated environment is to test ai but darpa the defense advanced research project agency says the primary goal is to build trust particularly among u.s fighter pilots in artificial intelligence as the pentagon seeks to develop unmanned systems that will fly and fight alongside them one advantages one advantages of ai controlled dogfights is a faster ooda that's the observe orient decide act loop during the conflict as with gunfighters facing each other in a face-to-face quick draw contest in the old west fast reactions favor success also the effect of g-forces that blackout pilots is no longer a concern in unmanned aircraft in engineering research parlance parlance The dogfight simulation is a proof of concept at the level of a toy problem. If ultimately deployed, unmanned AI fighter jets must ultimately, ultimately, ultimately be tested in diverse situations in the real world. Simulation is not enough. Simulations are typically hardwired, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to skip some of that. The, if, however, the enemy gets a copy of the simulator and your system is trained only on the simulator, enemy AI can formulate counter strategies. So they're trying to protect these AI algorithms. The real world is not like a simulation. In real scenarios, situations are invariably encountered that are not anticipated by simulations. Donald Knuth, prolific programmer and algorithm expert, said it well about his own computer code, quote, beware of bugs in the above code. I have only proved it correct, not tried it. Engineers have a similar saying, in theory, Theory and reality are the same. In reality, they're not. As the complexity of a system increases linearly, its contingencies increase exponentially. Blah blah blah. They're trying to they're trying to manage our expectations. I think <laughs> yeah. about how the AI will perform. But there you go. You know, it was interesting that line about. Uh, let's see if I can find it. 
Mm, da, 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 da. can't quite find it off the top of my head here, but it talked about how this is a trust building exercise between pilots and the AI. I imagine that, uh, you know, I saw Top Gun. I know what kind of competition happens there in the, uh, in, in the Air Force, especially with the hot shots flying those F-16s around. So I'm sure that F-16 pilots are pretty wary of AI pilots. So I thought it was interesting that this was a trust-building exercise. <laughs> and to see, it's kind of a... Um, you know, it's kind of a what is what was that old uh, American folk folk tale about uh, Paul Bunyan? Uh, yes, building the the you know um, ah, what is it? in competition with the steam powered machines. Right. Uh, you know, Paul Bunyan versus the machines. That's kind of what this is, only for F sixteen aircraft uh, pilots. And it's interesting because you know, there's already AI. You know, and there's a lot of software that already flies the planes, especially like commercial jetliners and stuff. Uh, commercial pilots are are no <laughs> no stranger to artificial intelligence flying planes. But uh, yeah, I imagine that this uh, dogfight, you know, uh, Air Force uh, uh, combat. I'm sure there's a lot of uneasiness about letting. Uh, AI come in and fight alongside the human pilots. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully somebody can report back on this because uh, yeah, I know it says registration is closed, but maybe somebody can, somebody in the military maybe can. Yeah. Somebody hook us up with a stream key or something. Either us or, or somebody that can get in, but uh, it'd be yeah. cool to live stream it, do our own commentary. It talking would. over those who needs, <laughs> who needs, Flying experts and U.S. Air Force uh, colonels and, you know, people who know what they're talking about. What we need <laughs> is a couple of some idiot with <laughs> googly eyes talking about how the robot overlords are coming. Uh, but this is a big step in the the artificial intelligence warfare, which we like to keep an eye on as well, because uh, right now, you know, th there's AI that flies drones, you know, predator drones and stuff like that occasionally. But uh, to actually have it in a fast-paced dogfighting um, thing where there's also human pilots in the air with them is a whole nother bag of chips. This is uh, the precursor to the Star Wars uh, situation with R2-D2, you know, sitting in the back mm -hmm. of your X-Wing fighter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is like it an is early, very Star early version of that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yep, yep, All yep. All right. There you go. I thought that was an interesting thing to bring people's attention. Cool. Well, this, uh, this story will run through quickly here because, of course, the New World Order is here. Oh, it's the New World Order. It's here. Classic. LifeSiteNews.com. U.S. professor psychoactive pills should be covertly administered to ensure lockdown compliance. What? Oh, yeah. They're going to give everybody mushrooms, acid, to, <laughs> to, so you're not so bored inside your house. Real, uh, real quick. Yes. Uh, Epony Blaze in the chat says they should do actual dog fights with the Boston Dynamics dogs. There's a good oh, way yeah. to protect the animals. Yeah, very good. 
Uh, and in, <laughs> you got something else there? About no, the- that's it. I just wanted to give a shout out to that. Person. Okay. In an article so shocking it at first reads like satire, an ethics professor at Western Michigan University advocates for the promotion of psychoactive morality pills in order to alter the behavior of those skeptical of lockdown regulations, suggesting that such drugs could be made compulsory or administered secretly via the water supply. Oh, not the water supply again. Leave our water alone. Jeez. I know. The article was published earlier this week in The Conversation, a news site focusing on content sourced from the academic and research community and supported by universities from around the world. The Conversation lists a number of UK universities as its founding partners. In the article, Parker Crutchfield argues that, quote, when someone chooses not to follow public health guidelines around the coronavirus, they're defecting from the public good. And that such defectors require chemical moral enhancements, uh, substances, moral enhancements. Yeah. Yeah. Substances to help them quote reason about what the right thing to do is. (laughs) Oh my God. Is is there no, okay. This guy's like an ethics philosophy guy, but of course let's undermine our own ethics. Of, you know, freedom of uh, my body, my choice, all that stuff. And just, uh, you know, make them make them do right. This is wild. (laughs) And there's the whole whole thing of like, wow, I'm losing my voice. The smoke is really getting to me. Um, There's a whole thing about like, okay, you give them psychedelics to get their morals from. Can we not get morals from anywhere else? Must we... (laughs) Must we uh, create a, a portal to the another realm to let them find morals? You need them to see their their true selves, Basil. We need to see of who course, we really are. Yeah, of course. Morals in this context is uh, social distancing and yeah, not yeah. seeing other people and wearing a mask. Morals, uh, yeah, the ethics according to the the world elite. Uh, quote, to me, it seems the problem of coronavirus defectors could be solved by moral enhancement, like receiving the vaccine. Coronavirus defectors. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's just so many little things. Okay, continue. I'll stop interrupting. Okay, moral enhancement, like receiving a vaccine to beef up your immune system. <laughs> Hasn't shown oh it God. does the direct opposite of that. Anyway, people could take a substance to boost their cooperative pro-social behavior. Could a psychoactive pill be the solution to the pandemic? Crutchfield writes. Quote, it's a far out proposal that's bound to be controversial, he concedes, but nevertheless is one Crutchfield believes, quote, is worth at least considering, given the importance of social cooperation in the struggle to get COVID-19 under control. Crutchfield says that but one challenge is implementing such a system is that the defectors who need moral enhancement are also at least likely to sign up for it. They need moral enhancement. Oh my gosh. Uh, but the and people, of course, they're talking about Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote, as some have argued, a solution would be to make moral enhancement compulsory or administer it secretly, perhaps via the water supply. These actions require weighing other values, he writes. No kidding. <laughs> the chemicals mentioned by Crutchfield are oxycotton and psilocybin. That is mushrooms, Basil. Wow, oxycontin and psilocybin. That sounds yep. like a that sounds like a pleasant afternoon. The the active component of magic mushrooms, which he says may cause a person to be more empathetic and altruistic, more giving and generous. And uh yeah, interesting. Wow. Interesting. 
I was going to ask because they hadn't mentioned the exact chemicals they're talking about because there was the, you know, there's a push to put lithium in the water, which right. is a, a mood stabilizer and a, a, a um, you know, a docility agent. But this is a whole nother level. This is another level. And, you know, I, I've mentioned it before on the YouTube channel. So, you know, in college, before I was saved, before I was baptized, uh, I did dabble in the magic mushrooms. So I know what it's like. Yeah. I got to tell you, uh, I don't know that it enhances moral behavior. <laughs> it, it might, it might make you want to actually, this is a bad, I think it would make you want to go outside more, you know, like be with nature and stuff. Yeah, right. I don't, I yeah. don't think it you, would be like, you don't want to be trapped in your house. You yeah. That's go, the last thing you'd want. You want, unless you want them to go crazy, but okay. Anyway. Now, did you say Oxycontin? Yeah. Oxycontin. Okay. okay. Yeah. Somebody oh, yeah, in the, the chat is trying to say we meant oxytocin. No, that's a hormone. Uh, Oh, no, it is oxytocin. It is. is It says, uh, yeah, oxytocin. Yeah. Oh, so that's okay. That's so that's the the loving hormone. The loving hormone. Yeah. 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 But again, hormones and magic mushrooms. But but still, these things don't promote a kind of social distancing. If anything, it would be like, you know, taking down the barrier more like, hey, I want to feel the love. Let's give each other. I could imagine. I could imagine the oxytocin because you get oxytocin from hugging people and being around people you love and right. stuff like that. So maybe there's an oxytocin tocin depletion by keeping people in their house. So if you, uh, you know, oh, if you yeah. supplement that, then you they give them the be, feeling. Okay. Right. Yeah, all right. So they don't actually need a hug. They get a chemical hug. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Anyway. So yeah, the, the article goes on here, but that's, that's kind of the point here. This, uh, Credible, <laughs> credible scientists suggesting uh, magic mushrooms and oxytocin uh, administered to people to ensure yeah. that they're lockdown compliant and they can get their morals. That that is a whole nother level of crazy, man. Holy smokes! I mean, it's bad enough, of course, with the fluoride and potentially lithium. Um, I mean, there's this can't happen. There's no possible way. I mean, it's I not guess it's, the CIA, you know, I, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities for decades. Yeah. yeah. I mean, LSD. and that's declassified. That's not even mm-hmm. that's not even conspiracy theory. That's no. on the books, you know, admitting to dosing water supplies, food supplies, all sorts of stuff. A lot of it, uh, LSD being their their main experimental drug. Um, so, you know, it's actually wouldn't be put, I wouldn't put it past them. They've been doing those experiments for at least a half a century. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they want to do it officially now. No, no, no point in hiding it now. Just let it all out. So there you go. We got one more story here, which is actually a Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. And this is a little deconstruction here, a little critique. And a little pet peeve of mine, beliefnet.com, five scientific theories that mesh with faith. Science and faith are not mutually exclusive. Hmm. And it was written by Stephanie Hertzenberg. And uh, she goes into, you know, just kind of the, the various theories, the Big Bang Theory, supernovas and uh, star death, uh, gravitational time dilation, then there's a section on extraterrestrials and here's what it says. Aliens are everyone's favorite astronomical phenomenon to debate, uh, to debate 
if uh, is there life on other planets or is Earth truly unique? While there is currently no proof that humanity is not alone, the increasing number of Earth-like planets have uh, that have been discovered mean there are good odds that there is life somewhere else in the universe. Whether that life is intelligent or simply single-celled organisms that are the extraterrestrial equivalent of an amoeba is a different question entirely. Either way, however, the idea of alien life so captures human imaginations that many people have wondered if the existence of extraterrestrials could fit within current theological ideologies. The truth is, they would. Ooh. Nowhere uh, in the book of Genesis does it say that there is no life anywhere other than Earth. Instead, it mentions another race of beings called the Nephilim. And uh, apocryphal versions of Genesis, which I thought that was a weird way to mention that, apocryphal versions of Genesis state that there were children that Eve tried to hide from God. God, in turn, sent these children away and separated them from their human parents. Weird. Could these have been the mothers and fathers of alien races? Oh. What? Okay. Uh, there's also the fact that extraterrestrial life does not have to be advanced or intelligent. These verses in Revelations, uh, uh, <laughs> not peeve. Revelations, plural, it is singular, book of Revelation, and it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, so, pet peeve, big time pet peeve. These verses in the book of Revelation uh, sound a great deal like the fate of the earth when the sun expands and collapses. Perhaps alien life has begun on other planets and will truly take off uh, once Earth is erased. I don't, I don't It's not a very... Uh, anyway, other religions are even more accepting of the idea of extraterrestrial life. Many indigenous and folk religions deal with gods, spirits, or star people who come from space. Some Eastern religions believe in multiple forms of sentient life, such as a hungry ghost, uh, as, such as the hungry ghosts of Buddhism. These could be interpreted to be forms of alien life. So uh, basically she's pushing a one world religion <laughs> as uh -huh. part of uh, this, this whole possibility of pushing extraterrestrials and how you can meld faith and science. And of course, can't do that without mentioning the Nephilim. Okie dokie. Well, thank you for that. That was a good one. It wasn't just a book somebody was writing. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, <laughs> I was looking at this and the, the about page. Cause I was like, what, what is beliefnet.com? And it says here about us, the most comprehensive online resource for inspiration and spirituality. And it says beliefnet inspires you every day. Were you inspired Basil? So inspired. <laughs> so inspiring. <laughs> Okay, they did it. so they did it. I, they did it. They, they inspired me to not read this blog. So uh, there you go. There's <laughs> your inspiration from All them. All right. Well, I think that's a good uh, good time to get out of this show. All yeah. right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Here's the thing. Make sure to come back on Friday. We're good for Friday, right, Gons? I think so, yeah. Okay, good. Friday. Sometime between noon and like three. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be going Pacific. live. Pacific. So make sure to uh, follow. Make sure to turn on notifications. Toss us a like if you're over on YouTube, wherever you are. Give us some love. We appreciate that very much. Um, 
And if you haven't done it yet, leave, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast version of the show. I'll be reading some reviews on Friday. And uh, if you, uh, you know, if you're not yet subscribed to the actual RSS feed, remember, we put out a podcast version of this show uh, for every episode and just search Canary Cry News Talk on your podcast player. We're on pretty much all of them at this point. Um, and subscribe there. The podcast version will be devoid of all these disconnections and the audio quality is much higher and it's a little easier to share. And you can listen to the podcast while you're doing dishes and stuff. You don't need to worry about streaming video. So please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a great, great thing to do. Um, Let's see. Remember, we need uh, producers. We need some more producers for Friday's show. It's a little light uh, between Monday and now, but that's okay. We understand. We totally understand. But if you get any value out of the show, make sure to go to patreon.com slash ccnt or canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. And remember, we'll be giving shout outs to new producers. We will not be mentioning the amount uh, of your producership unless you're jumping on the 33 train. It's fun to use that <laughs> number uh, against those who want to, uh, you know, use it for nefarious purposes. So if you want to help reclaim 33 or use it against our enemies, uh, you, uh, we will give you a shout out for that as well. So thank you guys very much. Now, here's the thing. Remember, you can uh, create some art, create some jingles, uh, create some show specific music. Remember, we got the Canary Cry mixtape coming up at the end of the show. All that kind of stuff. You can send it to us at Canary Cry Radio at gmail.com you can also send in stories of rattling people's cages and if you don't know rattling cages that's our uh, that's our term for helping wake people up telling them about the show Uh, you know they're starting to believe they're starting to realize that the world is not what it seems not what they're told and so you just go ahead and rattle their cage and if you need any more instructions here's what you do you walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? There you go, folks. Okay, make sure to tune in again on Friday, sometime between noon and about 3 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, We're shooting to start as close to noon as possible. 1 o'clock is a safe one. But just turn on your notifications wherever you listen, wherever you watch, and we'll make sure to uh, try to get that notification out there. If Here's the thing. If you enjoy YouTube better than anything, you should still follow us on Twitch and turn on notifications. It's really a shot in the dark if YouTube is going to send you a notification. So that's a good way to go. All right, folks, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. 
Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Her cage a little bit more.